That was uh, September 4th of 2014. Rick will do that. He's a historian. Oh, good, good, good. Um, So I guess, I mean, I know some of this, but I just kind of want to kind of get this kind of back kind of all in my head. And and, um, so first of all, like in 2010, was it Battle of the Capitol in 2011? Right. At what point did you actually... Okay. At what point? Just move it a little bit closer to you. A little closer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At what point did you actually become involved? At what year was it? In two thousand ten. It was two thousand ten. Yeah. And before that, had there been had there been the battle at the Capitol one year or? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, Why don't you, yes, it was it was battle at the Capitol, and, and what happened was is Casey had been in a in a showcase called Battle at the Capitol, and the promoter of that event um, asked Casey if Casey could bring it to Del Oro. Am I am yeah, I correct? Right, right. And um, and and that's when Casey decided that hey man you know I think I could help grow this thing, and 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 make it bigger and better uh, than the showcase that he had already put on previously at Folsom, correct? I don't know if yeah. it was at Folsom. Was. It was at Folsom. Granite Bay played in that. They played Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. And we played uh, California, Cal High. Yeah, so I, I I thought that it'd be a good idea to kind of have some of these bigger games and showcase them. And the guy that was running the um, promotions was uh, a little shady at best, I guess. So that's why I say it. And I found out, you know, it was fun getting everybody to get getting going and get a day. But I just felt there was no um, just games. I, I felt like we needed something else to it. Um, I, I know I knew nine eleven was coming up on its. Uh, I thought it was a ten year anniversary. But I guess it was a ninth anniversary. And I knew Mark, you know, through his story with his boys, I was real inspired. Uh, with what he did with his boys and just the, the town of Granite Bay, and um, you know my dad being in the being in the um, in the, the Vietnam, and grandpa being in Pearl Harbor, the military really means a lot to me, and you know I'm real proud of their uh, commitment to our country, and so I just felt like, hey, what if we uh, kind of honored, you know, got some military involvement with uh, t- it wasn't too much thinking, just kind of, hey, what do you think, Mark? I'd love to. Hey, what do you think? And when I asked Mark, he he went nuts. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at now. So. So, you know, Casey and I, um, we were up at a, at a, a clinic, uh, one of uh, Max Miller's, uh, uh, Coach Miller's uh, clinics, and we had lunch together, and we were just talking, and he brought up this idea of, hey, Mark, what about if we make this a, a military showcase, and, and you bring in your military, you know, stuff? He had no idea yeah. what I was going to do in regards to the, the vision that I had with it, with the expo, and with the, um, you know, the, the, the pregame festivities, and uh, Case had no idea, right? He was just like, hey, you know, man, he was just thinking, I would just do an honor guard out there, right? Or a special uh, Star Spangled Banner. But uh, Casey allowed me to just, you know, go at it. And it turned out to be a pretty big event. It did. You know, I think Del Oro had kind of that perfect uh, spacing of a school and the way it was laid out, you know. And it was funny that first year because I didn't know all the stuff he was doing. So I'd be getting calls going, hey, there's a helicopter flying in the, you know, <laughs> landing in the back. You know, they flew in an Apache uh, helicopter. We got, it was really cool. We got team picture in it and all that. But hey, what's going on? You know, there's a, hum- a bunch of Humvees coming in, you know, so oh, they're all right. I got it, you know, so I didn't really know what was going to happen, but it was uh, it was really outstanding. And uh, like I said, I was just hoping to maybe, you know, honor honor Mark and his boys and uh, turned into to be turned into one of the top, uh, you know, military things in the, in the nation, to be honest with you. So and that's credit to Mark. Mark, you said, you know, you had this vision. So, I mean, 
did you already have that vision when he said, well, hey, maybe we should do this, and you're like, hey, I get to pull this stuff that I, <laughs> I, I've had in my, my head, or was it at that point in time you say, okay, I can do some things, and then you just started, you know, then the hamster started really spinning, running fast on the, on the wheel up there, or what? Yeah, you know, I had, um, I, I had come from a background of promoting concerts. I promoted Christian concerts in the 90s. And I had an expo and I had all this. And uh, what happened, I was just so involved with my kids' deployments. Casey remembers, I'd come on that football field many times for football practice. And we had just heard uh, a, a young man had been killed in my son's battalion. And, and then I was uh, asked to eulogize uh, a young man from Granite Bay. And all of this synergy was coming together. And I just, and Casey was allowing me all of this, all the, all the space to do what I was dreaming of. And, uh, and then, you know, Rick Sutter got involved and with video and, you know, we went down to Balboa and filmed a documentary. All of this energy started swelling underneath it. And then um, when 2010 happened, everybody was just sitting back going, oh my God, this is beautiful. Right, and then it was after that that LA heard of it, and when LA heard of it, that's when the switch was just turned on. And then, yeah, I know. What in, in two thousand twelve was that the was that the first year that Southern California where, where there was an event in Southern California when you guys went down? It to was two thousand eleven, wasn't it? When uh, Westlake came up here, two thousand twelve. It was two thousand twelve when Westlake came up here. So yeah, it was. Um, Soon after that, we did another event. We called it Battle at the Capitol Two. I think it was in eleven. What's my, or and then became Battle for I, Veterans. I think it. I think it was Battle for Veterans. But then there was an A before Battle for Veterans. That was that. Oh yeah. Okay. And then um, so we the the event started getting energy, but L A uh, when L A got wind of it. Um, and all of their media and all of their schools got wind of what we were doing in Northern California. I think they had contacted Casey and said, hey, we've heard about what you're doing with this showcase. We want to come up and be involved with that. And uh, at the time, Westlake was, uh, had won yeah. state championship and uh, Oaks Christian. Christian. All these guys were on huge, huge paths with their football programs and uh, we were just so honored by that and I got to tell you I was nervous as heck because you hear of these coaches right I mean it was one thing to know this man right but to hear of the 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 LA schools wanting to be involved with what would become the honor bowl which at the time was uh, Battle for Veterans. And I mean, we went through a synergy of name changes just because there were different partners flowing in and out of our, of our event. Um, some stuck, some didn't. Uh, Rick is the one that's been with me since the beginning. Casey's been with us since the beginning. So um, that's how the energy started growing. When LA came in and all their media and all of their, their, their stuff got involved, that's when the, uh, the event just blew up. And what was cool about 2012 was we had Oaks Christian and Westlake come up to yeah. Del Oro and play Granite Bay in Del Oro. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, those schools went down to Westlake. And at Westlake, we had 
junior games. We had, yeah. I mean, we it was a full thing, Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was looking back at what I wrote in 2012. I think there was like 16 games yeah, over, the, over the two weeks. And you guys, yeah. was that year, did you guys also do like the... Um, like the sheriffs. Yes, like yes. There games. was a there was a sheriff that heard what we were doing. Uh, Rick Padilla is just a great guy, and Rick I think was the school resource yeah. guy at yeah. uh, Granite Bay and or and Del Oro. Yeah, so, yeah. And uh, he heard about what we were doing, and he wanted to relive his glory days of high school football. And he got this idea along with um, Sheriff um, Bonner. Yeah. Uh, they called me up one day, and I'm going. Oh, what did I do? The sheriff want to talk to me, right? And next thing you know, all these sheriff cars are pulling up to my office, and they come in, and, and they said, we want to be involved with the with the honor ball. And uh, we put on a Nevada County uh, uh, Sheriff Department versus Placer yeah. County. It was like the longest yard out there. It was, yeah. it was fun, right? I think, I remember, yeah, there was, there was, there was a few injuries and some yeah. pulled muscles and, and things like that. Yeah. I think I recall you guys telling me about Didn't that. Didn't Bonner's kid broke his leg, right? So. Bonner's yeah. kid broke his leg. The, the sheriff's kid who was announcing, um, yeah, his kid won in the first place of the game, broke his leg. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I know I recall a story like when you, was it when you went down to Westlake before, um, before you actually we're playing down there. I remember there was, I, I can't remember, there was one of their football operations guy or whatever that his son, I don't, did he, yeah. he lost his son, right? Yeah. 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 And and you guys were sitting next to each other and you didn't know what I, I is, is that right? And then you just kind of had, I don't know if you had like a, a wristband on or something that, that he noticed and, and obviously you guys made a connection. When, when, Heck yeah! When uh, the head coach, I'm sorry, his name was Jim Bankert. When Jim Bankert um, uh, wanted us to bring the event to Westlake High School, which is a very affluent area of of that uh, Southern California region, um, he had introduced me to a Gold Star dad who just lost his son, and his name was Hector uh, Castro. Castro. Hector Castro and Hector and I became close, really close. I think Rick did too. We all yeah. became very close, and uh, Hector was uh, amazing at pulling together resource in the LA community, along with this other whiz bank promoter by the name of Marty Metters. Uh, oh man, I just I love that lady. Anyways, they came underneath us. She used to work for the LA Rams. In their marketing department, Hector was a gold star dad, had a lot of connections with the military world down there. So it was a great partnership to really launch us in L.A. And, you know, uh, Eric Sonheimer, I remember we had talks like this with Eric, and he was totally um, all in with the thing. So he started promoting it through the L.A. Times, and, uh, I mean, it just like a rocket, it went off. Max Preps got involved, Andy Beal, uh, uh, Steve Montoya, those guys just came underneath us and really elevated us, and yeah, here we are today. Yeah, I think that was a really huge year. We, 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 when he came out to our place, and he would, the same stuff was there. It was all 
united around him and the, the stories and stuff. But we played a great game against Westlake. And, uh, Almost won it, buddy. We, I think we did. It was a bad call. I think we had the Southern Cal refs that year. But anyway, we went for two to try to win the game. It's and overtime. Um, we lost in overtime. But it was a great game. So that year goes out, and we both were just having great seasons. Um, we win the rest of our games, and uh, Westlake wins the rest of our games. So we, we go, both go to the state finals. I thought what was cool, we played before them, and they were playing after us against De La Salle. And uh, you would think, like, when we, we were done with our game leaving, the NorCal teams would be kind of like high-fiving and going, great job. But it was us giving high-fives to the Westlake guys, and we all had our uh, honorable or, you know, about the Capitals stickers on the back. It was really cool. And just to see our kids embrace and really enjoy not – for me, it was, a, it was a, one of the first times where I really saw it play out. You know, they talk about having fellowship with other teams. I just really felt like – we both those couple three years we ended up playing each other twice. It's really fellowship. It was really it wasn't all about football. It was about military life. How you doing? Being a kid down in Southern California, Northern California, and I would talk to our guys, and a lot of them kept in touch with those guys even after even after high school. You know, so I think that's uh, the power of bringing people together and uh, for a good cause and getting kids around is pretty 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 awesome. And that's it was really cool to see that after you know losing in the state final, walking off. You know crying one reason because you're losing, but then to have those tears of like, man, we're doing some special stuff here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're really doing some special stuff. And you say you want to do things, you know, on and off the field and maybe better than you're on, but when you, it's a lot of work, you know, and you don't really see it come to fruition. And when you see it come to fruition, I really feel that it was at the best with the Westlake teams we played. So it's pretty awesome. It's, it's like you should have a tagline that it's more than just a football game. <laughs> That's a great name. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Write that Good down. Write that down, right? <laughs> what, at, what, um, at what point did you, you talked about, you know, kind of getting the connections to some of the military and things down in Southern California. At what point in time did you really get the, or did you have it already before with like, with like, Camp Pendleton and with with the Marine Corps, obviously, I mean, with your with your boys, I mean, there's a connection there. But at what point did you really kind of establish that connection, and, and how did that kind of come to be where you were doing those those tours and, and taking teams to Camp Pendleton and you know, kind of opening their eyes to kind of a whole different you know different world? Uh, you know, once again, it was um, me just kind of. Getting this, I'm a crazy idea guy, Rick could tell you, right? And I had this crazy idea since um, we had a successful presence in the L.A. market with uh, with Westlake High School. Um, the, one of the teams that was involved that really badly wanted to, be, wanted to be involved with the event was Oceanside High School. And it was after the Westlake event that Oceanside came to me, the coach... John Carroll. John Carroll came to me, who's a legend down in the San Diego market. And um, he came to me and he said, hey, listen, coach, this really needs to be at our school. He goes, now, we loved coming up to Westlake, but we're a military community. It's uh, Camp Pendleton's right in our backyard. Um, you know, all of the different, uh, uh, you know, uh, military bases in San Diego. This would be huge down there. So John and I started talking. Rick and I went down there and, and, and flew and had a meeting with him. And then next thing you know, we had the mayor of Oceanside. We had the school district of Oceanside. We had the police department. We Visit, visit Oceanside, the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I mean, everybody just jumped on board. 
and um, and really, really got behind it. So I got this idea because I already had a good relationship with the Marine Corps. I thought if I contacted the commanding officer of Pendleton and told him what we're doing, and 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 I also had become really close because my son is a wounded warrior. If I could get in touch with the commander of the Wounded Warrior Battalion, who was also close to me, maybe we could bring the teams onto the base and have them do a tour. And it was just a crazy idea. But I put the word out to these guys. Next thing you know, we're invited with the teams to come into the Wounded Warrior Battalion. Casey was one of the first high school football teams to ever do this in the history of Camp Pendleton, where he actually was able to bring the whole team to visit the Wounded Warrior Battalion, meet some of the guys that were recovering. Maybe you could talk a little bit more. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we played uh, Notre Dame Sherman Oaks that year. It was a really uh, powerhouse down the, in L.A., and um, both teams got to go out there, and we uh, ate lunch together, kind of toured the thing. Um, but it was really neat to have uh, – they had a lot of the um, – the, the troops that are training, the Wounded Warriors, were there training, you know, getting better and seeing, you know, people without an arm or a leg. I think it's just very powerful watching them train and how hard they're working. And it was really a great eye-opener for our for our boys of hearing the stories, seeing how hard these guys are working to get back and physically and mentally, you know, and just seeing that. I really feel our experience learning a lot of this military and seeing a lot of our kids from Del Oro, they, they end up joining the service. It was interesting through, I think it was um, – just learning the experience and what it's about and this and that. We had over about 25 kids join the service. I mean, some went to the academies, but some uh, joined, you know, because they really liked the, what it was about, what they were seeing. Um, but I was just, I myself was just, um, you know, it's, it's just very sad that our wounded warriors didn't get these facilities for about, it's been only like 20, 30 years. You know, I thought it had been there for 50, you know, you know, since Vietnam. And it hasn't been the case, you know. So to hear their stories and uh um, now that have to have what they've had, it was uh, it was great visiting, and like I said, we we really like to go early and play that first game, so we could really kind of fellowship with the other team, go learn some stuff. Anytime we travel, we we tried to go somewhere, we'd go visit a museum or something, just to kind of have it a little more than the football game, and uh, that was definitely one of the highlights that uh, you know that I've, I've been involved in. And then Mark, I remember you guys also went out to schools. I'm, I'm trying to remember what yeah. what that was. Of what the tech, what that was called. I honor mean, tours. Honor tours, yeah. Honor tours, and yeah. What, what year or years did you do those, and how many different places did you end up going to? Do you recall, Rick? Yeah. We, um, we did two at Del Oro. Mm -hmm. uh, it was um, the, the great thing about the honor tour was we got the school involved. We got, I, I worked with the media group so that they would have a presence with it. They felt they would have an ownership. The, the just the camaraderie, the, we had a, a student uh, at, at Del Oro whose father was the commander of the Naval Air Station in Lemoore. He's an F-18 pilot, which of course during one of the games at the, at the, uh, the, the, um, the event, he did a flyover, and I think that was the first time an F-18 had ever done a flyover for a high school football game. <laughs> high school football game. Yeah. Then, then we did another one up in Colfax, and um, smaller school. In fact, the the assistant principal of Del Oro became the principal up in up in Colfax. Lindbergh, Lindbergh. Yeah, 
great guy. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of pushback up there. They, they, because being a public school, kids could make a decision if they wanted to attend or not. And a child came home and showed this flyer to the mom and they called up and I talked with her. She goes, what are you doing doing this? And I said, well, we're doing it as Well, a, she thought we were recruiting, right? right? She thought it was a recruiting event. I talked with her for 30 minutes and she called back three times. There were 60 kids who decided not to do this. And it's like, hey, it's America. But then, then we had another one at Del Oro, that same student whose father it was the NAS guy, uh, who's now training to be an F. Well, yeah, I could comment on that. Yeah, yeah. Jack so Bell. That's, that's Jim Bell, who you're yeah. talking Jim about, who flew then, over and great people. And Jack, Jack, uh, he's he's already went through yeah. um, went Air through Force Air Academy. Force, and now he's now he's flying uh, Top Gun jets. And his <laughs> brother Frank, who played football for us, Frank's in the same thing. He went to Navy. He's playing in the rugby and going to be going with that. And they have a daughter. Yeah, that's uh, also good ROTC and uh, Marquette. So you're going to have four of the family members flying Top Gun stuff. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Pretty awesome. And, yeah. and you know, the, the, the big thing that I felt that was really powerful about the second Del Oro one was Jack got in touch with Coach here and said, Coach, we need to have another honor tour at Del Oro. And it was just some of the questions and some of the comments that were being talked about in the class that he just would just shake his head. And say we need to we need to bring patriotic uh, you know feelings back to Del Oro, and it, it it turned out to be a major success. Major success. Yeah, yeah. I, I attended the one out at Lincoln, I think. Yeah, you guys we Lincoln, one at Lincoln High School. High school. Yeah. I went out to that one just to check it out, and that was. And then we would do small ones, like whenever a school was involved in our event, Rick and I would literally um, get on an airplane. And fly out to meet the coaches, meet the principals, meet the ads, to to make sure that they understood what they were going to be involved in. Matter of fact, we went to IMG. We did this. We went to uh, New Jersey when the New Jersey team was in it. We at Philadelphia. We we hit the road because we felt so powerful about our feelings regarding the emotions and the impact that these kids were going to be seeing with the Honor Bowl that it was important that we let them know in advance to be ready, right? And um, those turned out to be amazing. I mean, when we toured IMG and when we toured, uh, what was the New Jersey, St. Joe? St. Joseph's Regional. Right. Well, we went to Centennial. We went to Sarah Gardena. We Mm. went up to Colony. Yeah. That was right next to the cow pasture. (laughs) Um, We went to Alamany up in Mission Hills. We went to Oaks Christian. Oaks Christian. Mm-hmm. We, and, and, you know, we had the kids kneel down, kneel up, and, and Coach did his, he got himself in overdrive. Or, that does, it's not a long trip to get him to overdrive, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, is, that, is that something like pretty much every school that's coming on, you kind of have like a little bit of a, I don't know, like a pre, pre, not pre-game, but like a pre-visit or pre, you know, uh, pre-event thing, like in advance, just kind of give them a little bit of a, I don't know, a little primer education background on the event, on what's what's happening. It, you know, it's something that um, we did a lot when we first started the Honorable. The problem is, is that work got, gets in the way, right? And it's hard for me to hit the road. 
as much as I want have. Uh, I know Patty and Rick have done it before. Rick has done it alone before. Uh, out, he did it last year. I think you were on the road a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> with Brentwood and and the the Forty ers coming on as our sponsors. So um, you know that. Uh, we, we try to do it as much as possible. The, the, the big thing is is that the Honor Bowl has grown to be so big. This year we have five states involved. In fact, we have a Northern California team going down to Southern California. I mean, we would literally be on the road. I mean, yeah. 14 teams. And um, so what I do now is I have coaches... Uh, give them a list of questions, have them just get an iPhone and just talk about these four questions compared to flying or going over and sitting down for five minutes and saying, thank you. And then going, oh man, now we're in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think enough people have, it's, it's a known event. They can go to the website, they see it, they've heard about it. They've maybe heard about it from other teams that they play against and it's kind of a known thing, whereas at the beginning it was like, well, what is this kind of thing, where it was like, here's what we're doing, here's what it's about, and now it's, you know, obviously recognized as one of, you know, one of, if not the, you know, best football showcases in, in the nation, that, you know, it's not like, hey, what is this honorable? It's like, you know, go to the website or, you know, mm-hmm. everyone knows what it is, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. That's nice. So when you're talking about, so, so you guys go to Oceanside, mm-hmm. and then, you know, military town at what point it, it was it when you guys were down in oceanside where um like the union tribune and and is it was john lynch senior mm-hmm. is that where where he like first did he like notice it and like hey what are these guys doing like or they're hey we're going to cover this how did how did his involvement start was it just like hey we heard about it you guys are going to be down in Oceanside now and when we were at Oceanside there was an AD there by the name of Dave Barrett he's now retired great friend of mine he just was a gem to work with you know a lot like Casey right he just whatever you need coach we're here type of thing right and uh, uh, he had a relationship with John Lynch Sr. And he ended up calling John Lynch Sr. and saying, hey, there's this football event coming that I think you'd be really interested in. And so uh, John Lynch Sr. just totally loved the idea. He was trying to build his North County presence with the UT San Diego, and this was right in the North County. So he ends up, I'll never forget when I met John Lynch. It was, I have never been that nervous. Never been that nervous. I mean, imagine going into this large, you know, uh, executive-looking building with seven, eight stories high, and you know, you're sitting in the lobby and you're going, "Oh my God, this is this is the UT San Diego, one of the biggest newspapers in the nation, right?" And I don't know if Rick, were you were there that time, second time, second time, but the first time when I met John Lynch, you know, his secretary comes down and says, "Mr. Lynch, we'll see you now." Right, and so we get on this private elevator that goes all the way to the top floor, and you can just imagine—I'm just sweating bullets. I'm going, "Oh my God, John Lynch Senior!" Right, and I knew the history of his son. I was—I was, you know, everybody knows the history of John Lynch Junior. So um, 
I go up to the top room and it's just all mahogany wood with pictures of San Diego and a view of the ocean. And I was just like, OMG, this is amazing. And I sit at this conference table that's probably 30 feet long, right, with views of all of San Diego. And I'm waiting in this room for John Lynch Sr. to come in. The secretary comes in and goes, Coach, would you like some a water? And I'm like, yes, bring as much <laughs> as you can, right? And so she brings me a water. And then within you know a minute after that, John Lynch Sr. walks in the room and just a big man, right? Former NFL football player. Um, yeah, just a, a presence of a man that came in and he instantly made me feel comfortable. Coach, how you doing? Hey, you know, let's talk football. Tell me about what you got going on, right? And I just immediately went, oh, my God, this guy's like us, right? And uh, we ended up talking for an hour. And that's when he was, like, taking notes. And at the end of it, he had his marketing guy sitting over here. And he just told the marketing guy, we're going to put them on the front of the front page. We're going to do an insert. We're going to make sure that they get a national uh, uh, presence out there. I want you to do this, do that, do that. And the guy's just writing. And I'm sitting here listening to John Lund Sr. telling this guy, you know, boom, boom, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, do this. And I'm saying, oh, my God, this guy is going to make us <laughs> world known, right? I mean, he was just going to, he was giving us that type of platform. And since that day, I mean, Rick and I have been to his house. We've been, we've met his wife. We've met his family. He is just a gem of a man. And I could tell you right now, if it wasn't for John Lynch Sr. getting behind this event, um, it would have been much harder for us to grow this thing. And he uh, immediately gave us love. They had a um, the UT TV network, so they made the Friday night game, which was Oceanside against. Bellevue, I think. Isn't that when Bellevue flew down from Washington? Was the national game, was their game. But it was being co-broadcasted through Time Warner. And, um, you know, that was, that was also a little bit of a, of a sticky point that went on at the beginning with the Honor Bowl in terms of Time Warner, Fox Sports. Uh, yeah. Uh, because of, uh, we had four teams coming down from, Southern California, from the Southern section that were playing in San Diego where they have an exclusivity with Fox Sports. And Mark and I had to fight that all the way to the president of Fox Sports because they were going to sanction those games. And finally they said, okay, we're going to stand down, but don't do it again. (laughs) And the other thing that happened, remember? Remember City Council at Oceanside? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, you know, there's been some battles with the Honor Bowl. I mean, it hasn't all been roses that we've we've had to fight for some uh, some things that happened, and uh, the the city of Oceanside was going to charge us some unbelievable amount of money to put on the Honor Bowl one year, and literally Rick and I had to go in front of the city council the day before the Honor Bowl, where they they had a special session. And I had to beg, literally beg for them to stand down that we couldn't afford to do that. It was basically taking all of our profits that we were given to military vets. Please don't do that. And they ended up finding the money to, uh, you know, do it for us, but don't do it again. 
Did you do it again? (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, it was an interesting time, right? Right. That was was the first and only time at at Oceanside, right? Well, we were there for three years. Yeah, we were there three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah, Yeah. we had and and you know at the beginning it was when it came to finding the matchups, it was almost like. Okay, we want Sarah Gardena in because Altenberg wants in. We want Matt Logan because Centennial wants to be in. So one year we had one of them play Oceanside. The next year we had Centennial play Sarah. You know, I mean, it it was almost like we had just this many cards. And now, this next year, we have 12 new teams that have never been in the Honorable, one of which is Oak Ridge. How many, I mean... How many to- teams total have played in it? Or in Over 200? 202 teams from 11 states. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> you know, I tell Rick, Rick and I, that sometimes, it, almost every time after an honorable, we just are so exhausted that we're like, we're never doing this again. <laughs> we're never doing this. And then after a two-week rest, we're already going, what about this matchup? What about that matchup? We're already scheming, right, Rick? Well, I've already, got, I've already got six teams that have said they want to be in, two of which are two games are... This is next year. National, national games. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I try to get in touch with coaches, and at the same time, they're like, it's the dead period. It's July. Our 2022 season hasn't even started yet. Give us a break. <laughs> so it's like, uh, stand back. <laughs> You're just planning ahead. That's Darn tootin'. So, that, so then with John Lynch Sr., how long did it kind of take to then get to John Lynch Jr. and then the 49ers uh, sponsoring or, or presenting and promoting? <laughs> John, John Sr., John Lynch Sr. and I become so close that literally I could call him right now and he'd answer the phone. And um, we, we got that close that one day he called me up and goes, hey, I have an idea. And I'm like, what is it, John? And he's like, uh, I think my son is going to become the general manager of the 49ers. And I think this would be a wonderful opportunity for the 49ers. This is right around the time when uh, Lynch was coming in, junior, Lynch was coming in as a general manager right after the Kaepernick thing. And Senior was smart enough in his marketing mind to realize this would be a good thing for the Niners, right? A good thing for them to get behind. And because the Lynch family is a military family. Um, and not many people know that, but they have, like Casey's dad, you know, uh, uncle, that's the Lynch family. They're like that with people that have been in the military. So... John's the one, Lynch Sr. is the one that dropped the nugget, like, I want to get you together with my son. And then this, the, the, right after that, Al Guido, the, the president of the 49ers, who's still the president of the 49ers, called us up, invited us, invited us out to 49er headquarters. They rolled out the red carpet, literally. Uh, I mean, I remember Rick and I were just like, man, pinching ourselves. I mean, here we are getting a tour of Levi Stadium from Al Guido, the president. It was just nuts. It was just absolutely nuts. But they rolled out the red carpet, um, loved the idea. What can we do to help you? How can we support you? And we formed a, we formed a contract. 
and they became our presenting sponsor. And from that, we've talked with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we've been trying to expand our presence, uh, our NFL footprint, because it's just a perfect, wherever they're at, there's just a perfect spot for an honorable. So Rick and I have been working behind the scenes with that. Um, and trying to develop other NFL uh, regions that might love the honor bowl. And we've had some great talks. So we're, uh, yeah, it was from John Lynch Sr. to a talk with John Lynch Jr. after he became general manager that that, that whole relationship came together. What, what was the first year where there were games played in the Bay Area? 2018. 2018. Is that the one at St. Francis? St. Francis. St. Francis. And Del Oro went down that year too. Yeah, one of the things that the 49ers really want us to do is have a NorCal presence, right? Because of their NorCal, they, you know, they own this market, right? So they really wanted us to, uh, to bring the Honorable up here. So that's when Rick and I developed, uh, we, we got together with St. Francis and Mountain View, which were, they were amazing to work with. Uh, then we went to Brentwood, and now over here with uh, Casey at Oak Ridge, which, by the way, Oak Ridge is going to be amazing, Casey. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I have Rick and I have a meeting this week with the sheriffs, with the fire department, with the. Um, I mean, we're roll, we're we're going to get it. We're going to make it as a hometown honorable, like the community will never forget. Yeah. What what teams have appeared the most in the Honor Bowl? What schools have been in the most games? Delaware comes to mind, I'm sure. The first that would come to mind would be Cathedral Catholic because they they started in 2013 mm-hmm. at, um, uh, at, um, Oak, uh, at Oceanside. Um, I don't think they've ever not been in. I think they've been Double in. negative. No, right. um, and, but, you know, another team is Centennial, Sarah. Oaks Christian. Oaks Christian. I mean, Del hands Oro. down, Del Oro. Um, but we, we, we've had that success of people wanting to, and, and there's sacrifice involved because, you know, if they're in, Every year, they're losing a gate, or they can figure out how to move their schedule around. But um. yeah, you know, the Honor Bowl is really. Uh, I, I if I had to say one thing that has made the Honor Bowl a success, besides our our drive, right, Rick? But it's the coaches. It's these guys and the relationships that we've developed with these guys that have just been gold the coaches um uh have just they love this event i mean when you see casey i mean there's times i've seen casey sideline and i've seen him cry he doesn't even know that but i've i've seen it right because you know the gold star battle building of the battle cross it's emotional right and these guys um the the relationships that we have with coaches across this nation have just been stellar stellar yeah, and, and Casey, he's going to be the only coach that's going to be in three different honor bowls as a head coach from three different schools. <laughs> that's an honor in itself, right? No. <laughs> I don't know. We could edit that part out. <laughs> well, I guess from, from your perspective, Casey, what were there challenges 
for you know like with administration uh, school district things like that, that um, no, not really I think you know when you go go in and kind of tell them what your what your story is I mean I always tell them I had a great administration at uh, at Del Oro so they I got I would always come up with crazy stuff and then they'd be going well, right, okay let's try it you know with theme nights and things like that that we were doing before but uh, no not really I think it was just them kind of trusting me and making it work I'm I was there the whole time too working hard I mean when they talk about being tired after. Uh, you know, the weekend, I mean, we'd, we'd play the first game and we'd be there all the games the next day and, and not, not in the press box. We're, ta- we're yeah. filling up ice buckets, mm-hmm. opening up you know, lockers, you know, doing our part. You know, we're built to serve. That's what we're going to do, even on our day off. So, you know, there's times when you do go through the Honor Bowl and the ones when we used to go back to back, we'd go 28 days without a day off, you know, without a day off of coaching, you know, so it was a lot. So you kind of get refreshed certain halfway through. So, but it's about the cause. I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really blown up so much. I remember early on it was really hard to kind of find the teams, you know. So I remember we brought in, um, like, uh, Churchill County out of Fallon. That was a – that's where they did a lot of, um, you know, Top Gun type of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Wilcox was where Pat Tillman went to school. So we wanted Leland. to honor the, Leland. My bad, Leland. Leland. <laughs> you know, so there's schools like that that might not have had the best uh, team – but we felt like we wanted to really honor them for their community and those types of things, and they kind of came. I think, you know, once it went down south and we started getting uh, some of those good teams in, I hope it helped from us playing Westlake and kind of got it going. But, you know, I mean, that one year they had, you know, I think eight of the top 12 teams in the nation, and they had a one and two, three and four. I mean, mm-hmm. with IMG and Centennial, and then the games were just crazy. And, uh, I mean, you talk about the 202, you know, teams, I bet you they have – probably close to 200 NFL players that have played in this game, too, as well. Yeah. You know, if you go back and really dissect some of these, some things are the best of all, and, uh, and I just think it's, uh, it's been great with that. And, uh, you know, it's just um, it, it never goes perfect. And everything, something's going to go wrong. You know, there's going to be an okra or something. Sometimes I'm going to get a call about something, you know, and then just get ready and go with it, and we'll figure it out. And it's uh, not the personal. Um, you know, I think any time, uh, you know, something kind of gets going with that, I just tell me it's about the cause. So, I mean, uh you know, if you can't if you can't figure it out, then maybe you need to not help. You know, so so I'm excited to help. we're hosting here at Oak Ridge. Um, you know, I think you have, from my standpoint, you got to be very. We, I always try to make the honorable our sixth home game and treat it like a neutral site, if that makes sense. So the administration's happy they got five home games, and we kind of treat this as a away game, if that makes sense. So then we're then we're able to kind of, um, you know, obviously with the, with those funds, hopefully be able to give more to the. It's not taken away from our school. We're able to help to help the honorable in general. So that's the plan this year. Okay. Well, you you mentioned like NFL players. So there's there's some other questions, but I'll switch gears. There some of the stuff that I that I had. And this is this is open for for all you guys to to give your to give your input. Um, and I'll just kind of I'll just kind of go rapid fire, and you guys can kind of kind of go at it. So best game. That's been played in the honorable. Twenty sixteen game six. Fox Sports. IMG Academy coming in from Bradenton, Florida, almost not being able to come because of a hurricane. Flying into Atlanta, asking us, "Is there any way we could play on Sunday?" No. They played Centennial. Centennial and IMG played the most stellar, insanely athletic game. Centennial is ahead. 20 seconds left. IMG scores. They go for two. 
the line shifts to the right, Centennial shifts, shuffle pass straight down, two-point conversion. It was just the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was the Super Bowl. It, it, it was. Oh, you just relived it great, buddy. Amazing game. <laughs> that, that's what I thought. That, that's, that's the one I remember just from, from past, but I was just curious. Oh, they replayed it on Fox Sports. It oh, yeah. was such a great game that two days later, Fox Sports replayed it again, and they had a bigger audience just to watch that game. People it, knew. People <laughs> knew it. Yeah, it. it was crazy. Crazy. What about you, Coach Taylor? <laughs> what, what was, like, I guess for you, what was the best game that I guess you were involved with? That it was? I would say the Westlake game, even though we didn't win there in overtime. But, you know, the, the hard part about the Honor Bowl for us is um, we, we want to play good teams. So, I mean, I think every Honor Bowl we've been in, we're probably a 14-point dog. I mean, we, have, we haven't won many of them, you know, so it's about the cause, you know. <laughs> but we played some great teams. I mean, we played Oaks Christian, Westlake a few times, Helix. Um, you know, Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks, um, you know, we played some real, real good teams. And, uh, you know, I think for us, uh, my goal is always to um, try to find the best version of our team. And I felt by playing very good teams early when we got to the SFL, things kind of slowed down a lot. So our honorable experience as far as winning record and things like that um, probably isn't the best, but it got us ready, we felt, for our league and playoff runs. And we feel that's a big reason why we won eight section titles, you know, is because of the the non-league that we play. Right. No doubt. I got. I just got to speak towards Casey on this one. There's a lot of coaches out there that when we're putting on our schedule, they hear who we got them matched up against, and they, they, they get a little, oh, you're going to match us up against that. Casey never has done that. Never. I can tell you, he always has wanted to play the best because he knew that it was off-season, Right. And going into season, it was going to make his team better, win or lose. Right. But it, it, it was, I, we never had that issue with Casey. But okay, we'll be there. We'll be there, coach. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't Oaks Christian or Cathedral Catholic or somebody, Casey was willing to play. It was awesome. Great. So, most memorable or emotional like moments, some moments that have kind of occurred throughout the, the history of the Honor Bowl? Oh, man, there are so many. <laughs> there are so many. What, the, one of the first things that we did at Oceanside was we had parachutists come in and deliver the game ball. Navy SEALs. Navy yeah. SEALs. Former Navy SEAL parachute. They jump out of the plane and deliver the game ball. And, of course... Um, I remember there was a time limit. They had to have light on the ground. And the, the, the game before had a bunch of injuries and, you know, TV timeouts and all these other things. And it was getting close to, we might have to nix this parachute because we have to get on air. And um, they decided, no, we're going to put a flare down and that's the way they're going to do it. And, of course, the mayor of Oceanside got the ball. That was his political moment I ever thought but, well, but what about when we honored Junior Seau? Oh, Junior Seau. We honored Junior Seau and, and his Brought mom his and his, sister. his mom and sister were there and we gave them the game ball in front of the Oceanside crowd, which is his yeah. alma mater, right? That was powerful. How about Jason Geezer and his exoskeleton? The, the exoskeleton. He walks out. Here's a fully paralyzed... Um, waist down. Waist down. He's a paraplegic. And he literally gets 
uh, before thousands of people, television audience, we roll him out and he stands up in his bionic suit and walks out for the national anthem. I mean, we could go on and on, bro. Things, history making things that we've done on that football field with the honorable. What was it, Jason? What was the Jason Geezer? G E I S E R. I mean, I just remember 2019 at, at Del Oro with the the hometown honorable, the 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 96 or 98 year old that went on to oh, the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, Lou Conter. Lou Conter. Yeah. No, 98. 98. 98 years wow. old. And they sang happy birthday happy to Happy birthday, you. yeah. That was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> We're going to try to... Uh, I'm working on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't give anything away. Don't give anything away. Um, I guess best player that, you know, you remember. Like, I guess on the one hand, like best player that's gone on maybe to do great things, you know, NFL... What have you? Um, IMG's quarterback, uh, Kellen Monk, Kellen um, Mond. Mond, he was stellar. I mean, another one is DeAndre Swift from yeah. uh, St. Joseph's Prep oh, that's God. now on Detroit uh, Lions. Watching that kid run. He was, played against Oaks knew. Christian. It was just a little toss left, and he ran 92 yards <laughs> to open up that game. And I've never seen going. an athlete like that. His his athleticism was. Who was the other young man that went on to play uh, for Carolina or Tennessee? Uh, went to Sarah Gardena. There were oh. several NFL. Adore Adore Jackson. Jackson. Adore watching that kid was so fun uh, to watch. You just knew that seniors in high school that they were going to be playing in the NFL. You just knew it. Uh, we had. Um, who was the other young man that we had that plays for the 49ers now? Um, Eric Armstead. Yeah. Eric Armstead was in the Honor Bowl. We've had, uh, I mean, I there's just, Rick, I thought you did a list one day. I do have a list. It's on It's on our digital program for the Honor Bowl coming up, which is 2022.thehonorgroup.org. Gotcha. And yeah, you just find all the NFL athletes. You'll find uh, educational uh, background, uh, history of, and players that have gone on to college in NFL. Awesome. Yeah. From 2012. Yeah, on. there's just some players that you you see. Oh man, when I just I, when I was in high school, like Russell White was at Crespi, yeah. and it was like, oh, they got the ball at the 20, so this will be an 80 yard touchdown run, yeah. <laughs> and everyone knew they were going to hand it off to Russell White, yeah. and he's still like. At least fifty percent of the time would bust it for, for the touchdown. Yeah, and it was just like, didn't quite pan out with the Rams and in the NFL, but oh, that guy was, had his moment. Yeah. What about? I guess you know, not necessarily future NFL players, but like any particular players that you know, just like maybe like the kid that had like his, you know had like the game of his life or whatever it just happened to be is there anything kind of like that that you recall but how about uh liberty's uh jay um butter butter butterfield butterfield is that what it yeah. was i used to call him butterworth but i think he's more than butter <laughs> he's at oregon now yeah he's an amazing quarterback yeah but we have we have players him. coming in this year um we have rashada who's a, a player from pittsburgh who was at IMG before that? It was at Liberty. Um, he's going to Miami. He's going to be a player. We've got Rayola, who 
passed as a sophomore in, in Texas, 3,300 yards as a sophomore. He's one of the top quarterbacks of the nation as a junior at Chandler, who's playing Cathedral. So, I mean, you know, we have some, we definitely have had and will continue to have because that's the thing. We book good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How about, how about um, uh, Gavin uh, Sachuk? from uh, Valor Christian. Mm. He's going to Oklahoma, and he's a, he's a running back. He's a bruiser. Great kid. Yeah. Just, uh, I think he won the character award, or? He won MVP. He won MVP, but man, just a, you know, you, it's so awesome, because you get to not only get to meet them, but you meet their parents. The parents come up to you, they want to introduce themselves to you. Thank you for letting us be in the event. You know, it's, um, and then I remember meeting DeAndre Swift's dad, and he had a hat on. And I was like, God, I like that hat. He takes it off and gives it to me. This is, <laughs> just gives it to me, right? But, um, yeah, there's just, there's been some, uh, when you meet the parents of the kids, it even just, and they just glow. When we had uh, Valor Christian last year in this thing, first of all, they traveled like I've never seen a school travel before. I mean, huh, Rick? That visitor side was packed. Um, they uh, they were playing Oaks Christian, I believe. Yeah. And um, just the greatest people, and all of them knew John Lynch. <laughs> Every one of them. Oh, I played football with John Lynch when he was with the Denver Broncos, or I my kid, and then, uh, and next thing you know, you know, one kid, one dad comes up to me, and he's got Lynch on the phone. And he's like, this is the greatest event ever. I'm just, you guys put on this event. I mean, and Lynch was on the phone, right? It's just... Um, How about Kayvon Thabada? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What high, oh. high school was he? He was at Oaks was, Christian. Oh, I've was? never seen okay. a young man that big. Casey, I've never seen a young man that big. Wow. He was that big. And I'm looking at him going, are you really a senior? Because he already looked like a man, right? It was crazy. And he just dominated, dominated. Another guy that's going to be, I think, a force is Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. He was also a running back at, at Oaks. Oaks. Uh, ended up going. Michigan? Yeah, and then he's transferred now to UCLA. UCLA. UCLA yeah. Yeah. Some real good kickers, too. Yeah. Uh, kid from Westlake, kicked like a 54-yard field goal in the game. Um, just, just, just a whole different level. He was really good. He went to UCLA, too. He went to UCLA? Yeah. But then I remember kicking one that hit the Humvee in the back of the end zone. So, so you guys, for each game, do you, for each game you have an MVP and, and the character? Yeah. yeah. And then I guess, well, who do, who selects the character player of the game? How, how do you guys do that? The, the character is selected by the head coach. So the head coach of the football team immediately after the game, Rick or myself, will walk up to the head coach and we ask them, who is your character athlete? Of course, we prep them for the game, before the game, to tell them that this is what we're going to be doing after the game. We're going to be kneeing up the kids in the center of the field and giving out the awards and the honorable championship trophy. And then the MVP is selected by the media that's on site. You'll probably be one we asked, Jim, at Oak Ridge. Uh, you know, who would you select as the MVP of the of the game, right? And then so we hand out an MVP and a character to each team after their game, right on the center field. Right. Okay. What about um, 
particular, I, I know you guys have done things like at halftime where you've done like presentations to, to different veterans, like, uh, you know, wheelchair for the marathoning and the, 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 that killer wheelchair with like the, the, the track chair. Yeah. Chair. The track chair. That thing was awesome. Um, I mean, does any any of those, I guess, kind of presentations stand out any more than the others? I mean, they're all, you know, very, you know, awe-inspiring and, and obviously, you know, mean a lot. But Last year, before the Honor Bowl, was when the 12 were killed. 13. The 13 were killed in Afghanistan. Remember when they were trying to evacuate mm-hmm. the airport? And uh, that really hit home with us. And I got this idea. I told Rick, I said, what about before the building of the Battle Cross, if we, um, if we honored those 13 and we had the, the people in the stands, along with the players out there, lined up with helmets off ready for the national anthem, if we had everybody repeat their names? And the tunnel manufacturer that came out had these big video screens on the front of the tunnel, and they took the pictures of every one of those 13. And while we said the names, their pictures appeared on the screens. It was, I mean, and then right after that, we had a bugler come out live and play taps. Oh, God, I'm almost crying (laughs) right now. And and Jim... (laughs) Here, here, there's a service out there called Bugle Across America, and you put a request in normally for, a, you know, for a, a fallen uh, soldier. And so we talk, and he says, you know, I want to do your event. I really want to do your event. And then he tells me, my son was right next to seven of the Marines that were blown up. He was dispersing gas. And he yeah, ran out of gas, and he yeah. had to get re-upped so that he could go back. And as he's walking back, boom. And he says, I just, I really thank you for, for doing this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and uh, he moved back to South Carolina, yeah. I think, and he's thinking about flying back to do it again. Yeah, he enjoyed it. He very much enjoyed That's it. Amazing. So um, that right there was probably the most memorable. Besides, you know, every time we build the battle cross and those parents are putting those boots down or they're putting that helmet on or putting those dog tags out there, it's always an emotional time. It really is. So, yeah, I would say last year with the naming of the 13, then the building of the battle cross. Oh, then we had the team captains carry 13 flags oh yeah we had 13 flags it was unbelievable unbelievable okay um i guess what about this is on a totally different different realm here um you know you've been down in in the la area and you know in, in and in the bay area so what any notable like Hollywood kind of types that, you know, whether it was like somebody's dad, you know, Oaks Christian has famously had, you know, um, some very famous mm-hmm. fathers have their kids go to, go to school there. But, you know, that, that were, you know, on the sidelines or at the game mm-hmm. that, that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one, day, one, year, Oaks, one year, Oaks Christian had the guitarist from Kiss. His kid 
played on uh, uh, those Christian team, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley? Paul Stanley, yeah. He was in, up in the stands. It was cool seeing Makeup him. Makeup or no? Uh, no makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Big tongue. Um, Omar Benson Miller. Yeah. Omar Benson Miller from... Uh, A number of different shows. The, uh, the Blind, uh, The Blind Side, and then the show that he did with The Rock. Uh, yeah, it was on HBO for a while. It skips my mind right now. But, yeah, we've had... I think the things that gets me more jazzed than seeing a celebrity are seeing the celebrity commanders that come out. We've had generals. We've had uh, lieutenant colonels. We've had, I mean, when you see these guys come out there in their decorated gear and, you know, their uniforms and all those medals, right? I think that inspires me more than any actor. It's pretty cool. So it was Willie Buell. (laughs) Another time that was really funny was at Oceanside, um, not really... <clears throat> celebrity, but it was Steve Sarkazian, who was the coach at um, Texas. Yeah. yeah, he's at Texas, but I think he was at was he at USC at the I time? I think he was at USC, USC or Washington. And so he was at USC, and he flew in. And he flew in, and of course, our Time Warner play-by-play guy. See, wait. That's Steve Sarkeesian. He's on the field. Wait, he doesn't have an all-access pass or a field pass. And How this did is he get on the field? <laughs> How did he get on the field? Coach, how did he get past you, man? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let's see. Now we can kind of get back into some of the other, other uh, stuff. Um, what year? What year was the first team that you guys that you guys had people visit Camp Pendleton? What year was was that? Thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen was the first time. Yeah, it was have, you, have you done it each year or since then or what? We, every year. Every year. Every year yeah. we do Camp Pendleton. Yeah, the only year we haven't done it was the COVID year. Right. Okay. Okay. And was the first time you guys did the hometown? Honorable, was that 2019? Was that the first time you did it? Or you I think it was 17. Okay. I think Del Oro, Granite Bay. Yeah. Yeah, it was Del Oro, Granite Bay. Yep. Yep. Okay. You were there, right, Case? Yeah, it's not last year. I think I went last year. Your last year, Bay. yeah. That was a good game. Yeah, that was a good game. You scored late. So at what point, I mean, it was fairly early on, when did, like, the event become... I guess kind of the production, a little bit that that it, I mean I know you guys had, at one point you guys had the big screens, but then you know then you could then like focus on focus on some of the tunnel stuff. Um, I mean that's pretty much been from the get go that you guys have kind of no had no no we had the screens we had the screens, and then the screens became very costly, very costly. And then I went back to the IPS people. These are the guys that go on tour with us. Um, when, and I just got, I forget where I got the idea for the tunnel, Rick. Was it you or well, me or? We decided to do something to make it about the kids, make it their experience compared to having these screens so that the people in the stands can be entertained. And that's when Mark started working with the guys at IPS about creating something that's evolved into something that's um, kind of like a trademark. It's a trademark for the honorable. I mean, there's other showcases out there that tried to copy it, but never like we've done it. 
you know, with the fireworks and the lights and the sound and the video and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we started that. And I think I think in Ocean, I mean, in um, Cathedral, Cathedral Catholic 2017, yeah. 2016, we did a tunnel at Mission Viejo. We did it at Mission Viejo with, that was, uh, with uh, Coach Johnson. Yeah. Bob Jones. I wonder what ever happened to Bob. Is he just living yeah. retirement, yeah. man? <laughs> living great, the dream. Great guy. Eating ice cream in his basement. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, okay, so I was I was looking back at that, that 2012 uh, feature that I wrote. And hmm. I know, Coach, you said, it is a 100% volunteer effort for us. Has that ever changed? I mean, you guys, it's, it's still ever, you know... It's all volunteers. With the Honor Bowl, none of us are paid. With the nonprofit, all of us, whatever comes in goes back. Last year, we donated $45,000 to nonprofit charities across America. And I hope we can do it again this year. Okay. Um, let's see. So, so, Rick, was... When did you first get on board and get involved? And and I guess and then what was what was um, what brought you to it? What drew you to the event? And then kind of tell me just a little bit about your kind of evolution in in your role. Okay. In 2010, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to to uh, Mark Soto at the office on. Taylor Road, yeah. and um, everything's revolved around Taylor's, yeah. and great ice cream, great burgers, and um, so they had this idea of flying down to San Diego and do some filming, and so I was really lucky that I reached out to a professional video group in Sacramento and um, told them what I was doing, and they let me use one of their HD cameras in a, in a lav mic. And, you know, I was just saying to myself, you know, I hope that I have it um, uh, set up right because I'm going to be screwed. So we flew down to San Diego. The first thing that out of the mouth was a mom saying, it's a phone call no parent wants to get. We filmed there for two days. That night for dinner, um, I looked at uh, Mark and, and the other person, Mike, and um, and said, this isn't just snippets for a website. This is something big. So that that started, that created a, a documentary called The Day Remembered. And and then from there, it was sort of like, well, that's that's my gift. Is my gift is is visual storytelling, dealing with that. And then I there was a certain point with Mark, I think it was like 2019, 2018, where you know, he had devoted so much of his personal time without being paid that he needed to go back to work. And, and that caused more time on my side to deal with things that we usually divvied up together. And that was find teams, deal with the dance card, talk them in. Yes, you can play them. Don't worry. It's okay. You know, it's only a game. In fact, it's more than a game. And, um, and that's really become, uh, you know, my role in terms of being director of operations or whatever. Because I, I mean, go through my phone right now and you see nothing but coaches getting back and forth with me. 
But um, it's been, you know, Mark and I work really closely together. We we talk a lot about things, and we 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 know each other's roles and what we the time we have available. And but there's a lot of stuff that that needs to be done that I've always done behind the scenes. So it's good. Yeah, Rick's strengths are um, are are very good, and when. We, when I, when, like Rick said, when I had to go back to work, uh, he stepped in. He stepped in, and we haven't skipped a beat. When, when actually, if it wasn't for Rick, this thing probably would have dissolved, just because I didn't have the time anymore. But Rick has, has been breathing life into this. Um, he's as close with John Lynch as I am. <laughs> I mean, we're just, we, we know our roles. Rick's got a specific role he plays. I've got a specific role we play, I play. Patty's got a specific role she plays. The coaches have their role. And it's just magical the way it comes together. And every year we go into this going, how are we going to pull this off? And then at the end of the event, it's just like, we did it. We did it. It's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So, tell me about Patty and her role. Patty is a, a gold star mom. Uh, we've given her the title of CEO of the nonprofit. And basically what she does is uh, she's our military liaison. She's the one that puts together Camp Pendleton. She's got the great relationships with the generals, the lieutenant colonels, the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines. She's got those people. They know her by first name. So Patty's the one that does all that. She puts all that together. And then Rick and I do the, the game day stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, uh, coordinating gold stars for the event, uh, we build the battle cross and we try to have gold stars involved besides a Marine. She tries to reach out and, and get, like, we're working on something now for SoCal with five games, so we need a group of people that are willing to do it unless they want to do it for all five. Okay. Oh. Awesome. Wow. Um, I think that's most of the stuff, uh, just about everything. Oh, I know you guys at the beginning. Um, actually, there's a little bit more here, so. Ha. There's a third picture. Um, as far as, I know you guys have done, like, the, those moto talks. Is that something you guys still do all the time, or was, okay. So before each game, there's a veteran or a current soldier? What we do before every game, we call them moto talks. We go into the locker room with myself, a wounded vet, and and uh, many times a high-ranking uh, lieutenant colonel or sergeant major, um, um, and a uh, chaplain. And the idea is I roll out the history of the honor bowl really quick. Then I allow the wounded guy to get up, and he talks about sacrifice, brotherhood, commitment, always, always lays it down. And I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than when you see somebody that's got no legs, maybe no hand, and they're talking about brotherhood, service, patriotism, commitment. And then we knee up, we knee up and uh, say a prayer. And, uh, you know, we've never had anybody push back. It's always been well received. I mean, Casey, Casey's been in more than a few of them. They're very powerful. Uh, have you ever seen one, Jim? I have not been at one of the moto talks. No. Okay, you might at the Eldorado Hills event. Um, yeah, you'll. It, it'll be a. Um, it's it's 
it's when we the kids finally they get it you know they see the tunnel out there they hear the sound they see the lights but when that moto talk happens is when the kids get it they go oh my god we're in it we're in a great event right and nobody wants to lose the honorable yeah. nobody wants to lose the honorable yeah so coach taylor i mean yeah, yeah obviously you've you've seen a lot of the the moto talks i mean it has <clears throat> have any of your players like specifically approached you and talked about that or what, oh, what do you, what do you see most the, definitely another thing we do after after the honorable is like on monday we'll ask hey what'd you guys think you know let's get some feedback what we learned through this week i think that's some you know important to reflect you know and then that moto talks always come up um you know just you know fired up ready to go or the guy's story um you know um and, then, and like i said as, as the season goes on they, they keep coming up you know they keep coming up from uh things they've experienced and seen and you know, we face some adversity late in the season. It's like, hey, man, we got to pick it up like, we, you know, back in week two when, you know, a couple – that one guy came and talked to us. Remember, remember he was talking about and he was dragging? I mean, come on, man. We got a guy had no legs, you know, and we're, we're complaining because we don't have you know, water out here or whatever. You know, just stuff like that. I think that's uh, just great, um, you know, just seeing that. You know, I don't – I think it's it just really makes it real, you know, the stories and you get a chance to talk to those guys. And especially when they, they get fired up, man, it's 10 hut. I mean, it's – it's uh, my sound then – then they want me to talk afterward. It's like I got nothing to say, you know. I mean, after that, you go just get them, guys. Just open the door and let them go. Let them go. go. Yeah. Let them go. I mean, I'm ready to play. After yeah, there ain't yeah. much, much to be said after. Yeah, that. what are you gonna add exactly? Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's 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 really good, you know. And um, you know, I say I just think I think for the kids to experience, I just don't feel like, you know, especially the, it's, the honorable is even more important now than I think it was ten years ago. I just think where we're at with America right now. And uh, how divided everybody is, um, it's sad, you know. And I think events like this can, you know, teach our kids, you know, what, you know, about our flag, you know, and talk about, I mean, I, I, when I was at Intercom, we had, you know, five or six kids take knees. And I'd just go, hey, why, why are you taking a knee? They really didn't know why they are taking a knee, just because they saw it on TV or something like that. Well, you hear this guy talk who sacrificed an arm or a leg, and, you know, uh, the flag represents, you know, freedom and the stuff he's been fighting for, and you're going to take a knee on that? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful. And I think it's uh, – and everybody's got some type of military in their, in their household growing through the years. Somebody's been in the military or been involved in some capacity. So, you know, to me it's very important just to tap into that. And, uh, you know, shit, we're America. we gotta, we gotta get, we got to get it back, man. I just don't – the red, white, and blue ain't flying high right now. And, you know, I think the more we can bring to it – you know, the better. And I want to be a big part of that. I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. I just love him. Man. And, and Jim, the thing that's cool, too, about the Moto Talk is at the, when Mark finishes, he goes up to the head coach and he says, which player do you want to hold the flag? Yeah. And then he brings him up and he goes, you're the guy that's going to run through first with the flag. <laughs> You know, the kids love it. I, re- I remember talking to the to the Campolindo coach. I think. Yes. So that was like Kevin Macy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He said that was like one of the biggest things. Is like every guy on the team wants to, you know, is trying to figure out, you know, like, well, I, I want to carry the flag. I want to carry the flag at the honor bowl, and it's like, you know, it's like. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, how do we figure out how, you know, this is without, you know, somebody. When the kids, when, when the athletes, the teams get called out to come through the tunnel, I'm the guy that gives them the flag, right? And because this is the one the captain had chosen, uh, the emotions 
you see with these kids. And I've seen them just bawling like they're so honored to carry that flag through the tunnel with their team behind them, right? Um, and here's another thing. Casey brought up the kneeing. Um, I was on live TV in San Diego, and I remember the sports reporter. His name is uh, Paul Rudy. Great dude, right? And he, and he just, out of the whim, he says to me, hey, Mark, he goes, uh, he goes uh, what was the question? Do, do, Have, what would you do if someone were to knee at an honorable? He, on live TV. He asked me that. What would you do? He never. Yeah, he didn't give you a heads up. That no heads up. That? Oh, no heads up. And I said, I said, nobody kneels at the honorable. Nobody kneels. And what did, what did the, the producer say? Well, what happened was he was doing a Facebook Live right before going on live TV. Oh, so that was it. And she leans over to me and says, it just happened last week. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, the team that did it is in the honorable. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God, Mark, remember that. And then, so at least when it was the live one, Mark had a way to... Oh, that's right. That's to, right. To adjust. No one kneels in an honor So the team shows up. The team shows up, and we found out who the athlete was that kneeled. And um, our, I'll never forget it. Our wounded guy and I had talked, and I said, that's the guy. And he goes... I'm going to go stand right by him. He's a... No legs. And I'm going to go stand right by him for the national anthem. He did not kneel. <laughs> he did not kneel. <laughs> oh, great story. Uh-oh. Great story. Okay. I've, I've, we'll try to wrap it up. I know. Okay. Um, I was also looking back at some of the quotes from when I... From 2012. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Coach, Coach Soto says... I'm willing to see this go as far as it can go. Not surprisingly, you would say that, right? <laughs> you know. Did you think it would go this far? <clears throat> That's an amazing question. <laughs> no, to be honest with you. I think, like I already just said, if it wasn't for uh, my partner, Rick, Patty, uh, the people that have breathed air under this thing when I have been... There's, there, I've had health issues. I had a heart attack uh, in 2017. Um, uh, hernias. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, life happens, right? And unfortunately, in my younger days of playing sports, I wasn't good to myself. So now I'm paying the price. And um, uh, no, I can honestly say that if it wasn't for people like Rick, my wife. The 49ers. Um, the 49ers. Uh, there's, it, 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 I don't know how f- far we could have brought this thing. Am I? Am I is there anything you could say to yeah, add to the, that, Rick? The other thing that I would say is, is that at the beginning, let's say 2012, we would always say we want to take this nationally. We want to have big teams in, and we would look at each other after saying that and say, we got to get big teams in this thing, you know. And moving down to San Diego caused that. I mean, we had teams coming in from, well, we had team fly in from Hawaii up here. We had a team fly in from Hawaii twice down in San Diego, Washington, uh, you know, you name it. And then it just started to blossom. You know, the teams that I would talk to, like this last year, 
you know, teams that said they wanted to be in, but they were booked. And talk to us next year. And, you know, they're some of the top teams on the West, some of the top teams on the East. So it's timing. Coaches talk to each other. I mean, you know, especially, you know, big program. It's like, you know, I'm sure there's, would there be like some big, you know, big, like IMG coach going playing some, you know, big team like, you guys haven't played the honorable? It's like, you know, you guys should play in the honorable, yeah. you know. I mean, that kind of, I mean, that's, that, that might be more than you could ever do reaching out to them or some other coaches saying, dude, you got to do this. Yeah, and, and the other thing about it is, is like the, the head coach at Valor Christian, Donnie Antis, got in touch with me and said, you know, we are planning on going to Pendleton. You know, it's going to cost us a little bit more because of the charter bus and whatever. Is it worth it? I mean, is it just like walking down a hallway and looking left and right, you get back on a bus and you go home? And I said, no, coach. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And he got back with us right after and said, that was the best thing we ever could have done. Yeah. 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 I think another thing about meet with other teams you meet, I know like with us, we went to um, the state finals down there um, at, uh, I forget what it was called, it was the state, it was the state Bowls, but Carson, yeah, Carson. Carson. And we needed a place to practice. So we were able to call uh, Oaks Christian, who was up at our Honor Bowl and kind of met them and, uh, yeah, let us practice there. So it's pretty cool. But I think, you know, through those acquaintances of being, there's just something special about being a part of that group of four or 10 or 12, whatever teams that honorable is. I think you kind of make some real, uh, I guess some brothers, you know, brothers in arms kind of thing, you know, <laughs> where they're, they're kind of, you kind of find, looking what they're doing that year, how they're doing, they're looking at how you're doing and, uh, you know, able to communicate. And I know like going down to Carlsbad, we knew, I knew a guy that had through some, through some work through mm-hmm. Under Armour and the Honor Bowls. They wanted to get into it, couldn't get up there, and mm-hmm. were able to practice there. So it's good uh, from a coaching standpoint, making good contacts with some of the best coaches in the, you know, the California without, around the nation. Great, great. Wow. Um, <clears throat> how, do you, how do you, I guess, kind of select or come to, like, like if, if you're going to be gifting like the track chair and how, how does that come about? How does that process selection or learning about somebody needs this? How, how do you? Um, through our military connections, um, we hear through social media, through email, um, different needs that come our way. And what we do is we sit together as a board and we make a decision. Right. Okay. We know that we're probably going to walk away with this much money. How do we want to use it? What do we want to contribute to? We started contributing with the track chairs, which I think we donated 10, seven, seven, seven of those, which are 15,000 a piece. Um, and then we realized that was kind of a big ticket. We could probably scale back and do the service dogs and do what would be equivalent Three service dogs would be like one track chair. So we started doing the service dogs, and I, I, I've lost count of how many service dogs we've donated. And, and now we, we work closely with a company that deals with that, so we can help them and their nonprofit compared to us doing the whole thing. Yeah. And part of the, the, the reason why Action Track Chairs stopped is because the work changed. Yeah. yeah. There weren't there wasn't the many IEDs people. and people getting blown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you are going to have this wounded veteran be at the game, mm-hmm. I mean, 
when do you guys first get to talk to him? I mean, is it when, when he's showing up the day before? Or are you, and, and then I guess kind of what's the, what's the conversation? I mean, are you talking football or, you know, talking war? What, what's, what's that like? <clears throat> um, most of the people that we've had in Moto Talks and, and gifted chairs to, we have personally known and have become close with. So we know that, you know, like Tommy, Tommy Parker, he um, he was a former football player, right? Um, a young man, you know, remembers what it was like being in the locker room suiting up, right? So for him, being a part of the honor ball and going into the uh, locker room was a big thing, right? He, he loved it. He loved the energy of it all. And, and now with what we do in San Diego with Marcus and Freddie, um, they're just... Uh, Freddie is a drill instructor right now. He's literally going to be coming right from training Marines to talking in the locker room of an honor ball. Um, we've just been honored with amazing people that we've met through this whole development of the honor ball and the people that we gift and we that are wounded, that are in need of something, whether it's a prosthetic or a track chair or a service dog or, you know, we've even put together reunions where, but, you know, guys from platoons and battalions have gotten together and, and you know, literally because they needed it. Uh, you know, some, maybe one was, you know, giving signs of wanting to commit suicide. Right, and, and unfortunately, in the veteran world, that's a, a bad thing that happens daily. So we get wind of it. And, hey, Rick, Patty, what do you think about if we flew these guys together and go lift each other up? And we've saved lives. It's, it, through doing that, we have saved lives. So um, it, it, there's not really one thing that I could pinpoint that says this is how we do it, Jim. It's just a... It's the magic of God <laughs> that brings us it. And that's when we decide as a team, this is what we're going to do. Cool. All right. Rick, you got anything you want to add? Here? Well, I was thinking about the time that General Kelly was talking in the Memorial Garden. Yeah. And we brought a group in to help on the, um, the AV side. And the Marines were having difficulty. They had a huge satellite dish. But our group had the mics, had everything ready to, to you know, stream out. And that was a worldwide event. And, you know, I mean, it just so happens that we had people there that were on board that could do so those So they were things. able to use our feed. Yep. They were able to use our feed and get, get General Kelly's speech out there, which was a huge, huge speech. Huge speech. Cool stuff. That's all I got. If, if there's anything else you guys have to add. That's cool. Reflect was fun. It is. It was, it's been, it was fun to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, there's so many things that you don't remember, right? And then. Well, it's you know, funny because you said, like, you were talking about the best part of the Honor Bowl, and you didn't really say much. You know, but then the, you're talking about the 13 Afghan. Afghan yeah. was like, that was huge. Yeah. That might be the biggest, you know, and you yeah. didn't yeah. pitch it until you. Started queuing it on, you know. Yeah, right? good yeah. questions, Jim. Yeah, yeah, good questions. And, you know, it goes along with the honor tour, the first honor tour that we had at Del Oro, where spontaneous that school stood up when those uh, veterans were coming in. You had um, a, a group of bagpipers, and those kids stood up and just started oh, chanting cool. USA. 
you know, it's that's what that's what America's about. Yeah. That's what the honorable is about. Cool. Thank right. you, Jim. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for doing this and hey. allowing us to to do this. It was fun. Yeah. It's good to have Casey here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's always good to have Casey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>